Hi, I'm Pete McCall, and welcome to this episode of All About Fitness. This episode is going to kind of be a mashup. It's not quite a quick fit tip, and it's not quite a full interview. On this episode, you're going to hear from a couple colleagues and I. Uh, here it is. It's the end of August 2019, and I just returned from a not quite two-week, a 10-day trip. I got the opportunity to go to Delhi, India, and speak at the uh, first international uh, commercial fitness conference in India. And I'll talk about the, kind of what that is in a few minutes here. So I spent a couple of days in Delhi, India, and then I flew to Shanghai, China. And in China, I, I got caught up with a couple of colleagues. So at both places, in both India and China, I was speaking at, at fitness events. Uh, in, in India, or sorry, in China, I was there for the IDEA conference. IDEA China has now the second year of the event. And IDEA is a, an association of personal trainers and fitness instructors in the United States. And IDEA is really trying to expand internationally, especially into China. And what you're going to hear first real quick is going to be a quick interview with a couple of colleagues, Mark Cornell and Brian Bettendorf. Mark is a master trainer for a variety of different brands. And I'll explain what that means in a minute. And Brian Bentendorf is a master trainer as well, but he's a little bit different. Brian actually helps open up. He introduces products to market, and he helps open up and, and bring products to market. So it's, it's a little bit different. Whereas what Mark does, Mark is a master trainer, meaning he's hired by specific brands to go to these type of fitness conferences or go to various workshops or go to health clubs and teach personal trainers how to use various equipment. So in the fitness industry, when you hear the term master trainer, it can mean one of two things. One, it could be a trainer at a health club company who has a certain amount of experience or tenure and just is a more experienced personal trainer. That's, that's one version of master trainer. The second version of master trainer is what Mark and I do, and that's where we travel around. We educate, we educate personal trainers and fitness instructors. We either teach the science or we teach how to use a specific product. And so that's what Mark does. Mark travels around for Trigger Point, Active Motion Bar, TRX, and a couple other brands, and he represents them. So what you're going to hear is Brian Bentendorf, Mark Cornell, and I catching up. We're between sessions at the re recent IDEA conference in, Ch in Shanghai, China, and it's just us kind of like catching up. You know, we were talking a little bit, just how the day was going, how the conference was going, and I decided to grab my phone and hit record and just do this quick little podcast. So you're going to hear a quick little conversation with, between Brian, Mark, and I talking about what it's like to present and what it's like to speak at a fitness conference in China. Then afterwards, what I'm going to do is share with you the change in international fitness. I've been traveling internationally now to speak at various events for more than a decade. And it's really been fascinating to see you know, what's happening internationally with the fitness scene. So after you hear this brief conversation between Brian, Mark, and I, I'm going to share some insights into how fitness is changing around the world. I'm Pete McCall, the All About Fitness Podcast. I'm coming to you live from Shanghai, China at the Idea World, well, not the Idea World Convention, we're at Idea China, I guess. We have to be more appropriate with that. So who am I here with? Say your name, please. Hey, my name is Mark Coronel. Brian Bettendorf. So what exactly are we doing here, guys? Well, I'm doing some sessions for Rumble Roller and then also looking for new distributors for some of the products that I'm helping with. All right. I'm here to represent Active Motion Bar and Trigger Point. All right, so what we're, talk we're talking about representing various products for the conference, but what, what's this conference doing? What, what, first of all, we're in Shanghai, and what are we doing at this conference? Well, right now we have, uh, we have I think we have the esteemed honor that this is the second ever idea 
China Fit Convention or Idea Fit China Convention, and we are here to—I call myself a gremlin. We're here to duplicate and uh, and to educate, and I love it because we're in a country where people are extremely receptive uh, to fitness education, and I love being able to represent the companies that I'm here for. Well, it's interesting because you know Brian and I first met a couple years ago. We ran cross paths. How long have you been coming over to Asia, Brian? And what what's happening with the fitness uh, fitness industry over here? Well, I've been coming over here probably for six years now, and I think what Mark had alluded to is what you're seeing is just uh, this phenomenal growth of the fitness industry in China, and I can echo his comment on the the thirst for knowledge here, which I think is is contagious at some level. I mean, you you have a, a desire from the folks here to really want to learn everything they can to do better at what they do. the The personal training industry here is a is a bit younger. But the information that they have access to is something that, you know, I think we all would have loved to have had when we all first started, you know, 20, 30 years ago in the industry. And, and with that, I mean, what have you seen? You've been coming over here for a few years as well. What have, what have you noticed, Mark, in the time you've been coming over here? Unity. I've seen a lot more unity. Um, and, you know, thank thank. Thank goodness for having some of, some of the most intelligent translators I think on earth uh, that are literally representing five, six, seven, eight brands, and you know having the ability to come here and speak to not just two or three, but twenty, thirty, or three hundred you know people all at once. The, the, the crowds are huge, but they're catching up at such a such a accelerated pace. And I've always, you know, touted that ideas like this. We don't have a union in fitness. This is this is my version of a union. So I always push everybody here because there's unity, there's education, and more importantly, there's there's that passion. Pete Twist uh, during the opening ceremony said it perfectly. You know, like you come here every year, whether it's Idea China or Idea World, you get that fire lit again. And if it's already lit, you know, you just come over and somebody douses you with more energy. To by the time that you leave. You feel energized. You feel like you're part of a, of a family, and and it's a very small family that's growing extremely fast. And it's, it's phenomenal out here. Well, well I think I, the, the, what what amazes me is just how quickly that that fitness seems to be accelerating around the world. And in your business, Brian, with what you do in terms of exporting products, because Brian, you kind of do something unique in in, in, in the industry. What, where do you see the biggest growth coming from? Because we, we kind of recognize that North America is a relatively mature market. Where do you see the biggest bro- growth coming from and why? Yeah, I agree. I think uh, the entire Asia-Pacific region, I think, is really where you're seeing majority of the growth. I think Europe is slowing down to some degree just because of the economic pressures. Um, South America, Brazil is still a really big market, but there's some challenges in getting product there. Um, which is why the kind of Asia Pacific region really just seems to be the best place for the for the fastest uh, growth you can get. Well, I think it's a little bit ironic, right? Because a lot of the products that we represent, your Mark's talking about representing different brands. A lot of the products that we represent are actually manufactured here in Asia, yet they ship us over, they bring us over as educators to help people learn how to use the products. You know, what do you think is happening? What do you think is, is going to be happening in terms of education in the future, Mark? Do you think they're going to be keep bringing people over from the West? Or do you see, like... I What's that? What I know I might be shooting myself in the foot, but I think ultimately, you know, like, and, I, and you and I talk about this a lot, like the, the best compliment for a teacher is for the student to surpass the teacher. So, yes, I, I, I love coming here. I'm very honored to be here. But at a certain point, like I was saying, some of these translators that are out there, they are well 
and fully capable of being presenters. Maybe they need a little help there, but my 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 ultimate goal is to yeah to be able to come here in ten years and literally sit back and watch, you know, the the, the Chinese and the, and, the, and the Asian presenters run you know run run the forums because that's there's we have to get out of the way at a certain point, and I don't know if that's everybody is in agreement, but you have to. Because it's just a wave after wave, and we, we've got to be able to say, "Hey, I'm going to teach these people everything that I can, so that they can can truly." Because we don't we don't speak the language here, you know. We, we we're not we're culturally a little disjointed when it comes here, and and the people here are are going to gravitate. I honestly believe to their own presenters. Like, yes, we are the you know La Wai, we're the foreigners here, but in in a greater sense of of where I hope that it goes. Is that they create their own culture, and yes, we're always tied to a black belt. Who made you? You know, the same thing that I ask in the U.S. Who made you? Who vouched for you? Who got you in here? And hopefully, we can do that here in Idea China. And they keep doubling. In five years from now, there's going to be like thirty or fifty or a hundred thousand people here. <laughs> in, your, in your time coming over, Brian, what you've seen—I mean, there's been a rapid growth in the health clubs. How do the health clubs that you've been in here in, in this region, in, in Asia and Southeast Asia, how do the health clubs here on this side of the world compare to what we're used to in the United States? I, I think it's uh, it's an evolution for sure. I think you know, in at least in the in the major cities, you know, space is often going to be a big challenge, and I think there's just a different culture of fitness here that I think is evolving. Um, I think historically speaking, it was. You're, you were going to be a little bit uh, less focused on kind of the service side of the industry over here. Uh, but I think that's where you're starting to see the biggest change where people are starting to develop, you know, good, strong brand identities, uh, building up that customer service, uh, creating services like the personal training to become actually a true profession for people and uh, people wanting those services. So uh, I think that's where you're starting to see a lot of the change in the, in the commercial fitness space. And when you come back, so I think it's always interesting when we come back, we always tell people kind of like what the experience was like. When you come back, Mark, what are like the one or two things that you share with people about being over here and teaching workshops in a completely different culture? Wow. Um, focus, uh, respect. Uh, they, they actually listen. Uh, <laughs> uh, you know, and not to say that in the U.S. they don't, but it's, it's, there's, I honestly think because there's such a thirst for knowledge here, and they do want to pick all our brains to the point where it's like you know they literally just want to squeeze the sponge dry. But I do believe that we we there's a, a huge amount of respect that we get here, um, and there's follow up, there's questions. So every time I come back, I'm I'm always amazed by the hospitality. I'm amazed by um, you know the, the reverence that they give us and the respect that we get. That that's obviously a great ego boost. But more importantly, we get to influence uh, a, a growing trend in a country that is, you know, a behemoth in the world when it comes to anything else. So why not be a behemoth in fitness? You know, why not have you know the, the capacity to you know create way more research and 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 come out with a little bit more knowledge and science? You know, science-based approach on, on fitness is huge, and this is one of those countries that that can push that, you know, alongside the U.S. and Canada and Europe, but there's so much research here, so I'm always curious to see where it's going to go the next time. Yeah. And same question to you, Brian. I mean, it's interesting to see that, but what do you share with people when you come back, and they're like, what's China like? You know, what's your, like, your first two or three things that you, you share with our colleagues? Yeah, I'll, I'll tell you, I always love coming over here. I mean, it's, it's both... Uh, 
I walk away humbled and I walk away very appreciative of the opportunity uh, because of, I think, their, the strong desire they have to want to make themselves better. And, uh, uh, you know, it's, it's truly just a joy. Um, and so that's what I take away from it and tell people, uh, you know, back home is that, you know, I love teaching over here. And now the quick, now let's shifting goods. And that's so, that, that's the fun part, right? We see people and we get to have that influence. We get to help build a brand new career. I mean, this is like a brand new thing over here. We're, we're in the ground, grass floor of it or the ground floor of it. Now, I was going to say grassroots and I came out grass floor. Um, the last thing I want to wrap up with, you know, and, and we're sitting here in the middle of the conference. So if you hear things in the background, that's what's going on. How do you spend it? I mean, obviously we're spending a lot of time flying over here. What's kind of like your go-to strategy? How do you keep yourself occupied on a 12-hour flight? Because <laughs> I don't know about you guys, but I would rather get on a plane for 12 hours than for three hours. Because if I'm going to go through the hassle of going through the airport, going through all that nonsense, getting on the stupid plane in the first place, that whole process, I'd rather be on a flight for 10 or 12 hours than two or three hours. But how do you, what do you do? Like, how do you plan a 10 or 12-hour flight? What are some of your strategies? Uh, I try to get to inbox zero in my email. Uh, I, I clean up all Try. of the files that are sitting on my desktop that I've meant to file away somewhere. And then I rewatch Avengers for about the sixth time because there's so much to try and figure out in that movie. I did the same thing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so what, what's your strategy for a 10 to hour flight? That's funny. Well, I, I, I love the social media game, so uh, I, I have, it's funny, he goes inbox. I, uh, I, I, clear, I clear out uh, photos and footage. Um, I create, um, I'm try, I try to get ahead on, on posts and obviously catch up on, uh, on communication, but it's, it's good that we're disconnected. I'm almost a little pissed off at the fact that we have Wi-Fi um, on planes now because now you're reconnected. You have an option to disconnect, but I definitely use that as a little bit more me time and I'm not gonna lie, yeah, they got a vast array of movies and you know, Hellboy, meh, it was all right. Avengers, yeah, I watched it twice and that's six hours, poof, that's half the trip. <laughs> <laughs> Alright guys, well thanks for stopping by man and uh, for folks, yeah, yeah, I'll have a little bit more, a few more thoughts uh, from, uh, from the scene here in Shanghai at Idea China. Before I get in the wrap up for this conversation, I want to take a moment to say a huge thank you to a recent uh, to a recent review left on iTunes, and that's to Van Born. Thank you, really, thank you so much for that review. I that's that's perfect. That's exactly what I'm hoping to come across. Is I'm just trying to put good information out there about fitness and and how to use it. And I really don't have an agenda. I, I really don't. Um, the the one the one agenda I do have to push is just that it, as we age, we need to do something. You know, as we get older, we need to exercise because exercise can slow down the aging process. So if anybody ever asks you, you know, what's all about fitness about, I'm not trying to get you to buy any vitamins. I'm not trying to, I'm not trying to get you to biohack your body or any nonsense like that. All I'm trying to do is to help you understand how exercise and how fitness can help you slow down the aging process. And yeah, I, I do promote my book on here. So for, so Van Born, thank you for buying a copy. Um, but that is really, and I'm going to talk about that in a couple minutes. I do try to promote my book on here, but that's really just to give the listeners, you as a listener, more information about the types of exercise that can help you and, and help your quality of life. So what I'm going to do, what I want to do, like wrapping up from this, you know, as I mentioned, we were at the Idea Shanghai Conference and we were just kind of catching up between sessions. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to first talk a little bit about where fitness is internationally. And then I want to talk a little bit about what master trainers are and kind of how master trainers work. So obviously we were in China, and as I mentioned um, before China, I was in India for a couple of days, 
And you might sit there, listeners might think about, wow, that, that I'm surprising that fitness is that popular overseas. And to be honest, I, I thought the same thing, you know, especially when you think of developing countries in Asia, you know, like uh, Thailand, Vietnam, Indonesia, Philippines, China itself, all these countries are seen as, can be seen or perceived as somewhat developing. You know, obviously, you know, for in the United States, we have a very biased opinion that countries in Europe are still very modern. Everything is very modern over in Europe. But in reality, once you get out of the States, the health club scene is very modern around, around the world. Brazil is, I think, has the second largest health club market outside of the United States. And right now, China is really coming on quick, and China is challenging Brazil. China is one of the fastest growing health club markets, obviously. And when you look at it, so when you look at the, the, the health club market in the United States, in North America, you have a little bit more than 300 million, you know, the population of America is a little bit more than 300 million people. Looking at different data, you have about 20% of the population is being members of some sort of health club or rec center like the YMCA. So out of a pop, out of a North American population, we can say about 20% of North American adults have a member to a health club. So we're looking at about 60, maybe 65 million people in North America with health club memberships. 20% of the population, 60, 65 million people. That's our consumer base right now in North America for fitness is about maybe 65 million people actively with health club memberships. That's an estimate. In China, China's population is a little bit over a billion. China right now has less than 1% of its population members of health clubs, and that's already a health club market of more than 100 million. So when you look at this, you know, the health club market in the United States is about 50 years old. You know, the modern health club first started hitting in the late 1960s, early 1970s. And after 50 years in the United States, the health club consumers in the U.S. Num- number somewhere in the 60 million range. Within less than 10 years after the fitness industry really getting a start in China, there are already 100 million fitness consumers in China, and that's just about 1% of the population. That gives you a little bit of idea about where the growth is. And then let's take another look at what's been going on economically. So what have we been doing since the 1980s? You know, what have we been doing with our jobs? What have we been doing with manufacturing, even software development? You know, we've lost jobs over to China. We've lost jobs to Philippines, to India. So as we've lost jobs to these countries, you've had people now that are able to have a higher quality of living. So yes, America's been losing manufacturing jobs, but those jobs have been going overseas to various countries like maybe Thailand, Philippines, Vietnam, China. Now, as those people over there have their manufacturing jobs have lost in America, they now have more disposable income. So what do you think people in Southeast Asia spend their disposable income on? Fast food, cell phones, TVs, cars, movies. So what we've done in the past number of years is we've exported American jobs. But as we've been exporting American jobs, we've been exporting the American lifestyle. You know, you have McDonald's. You know, you travel around overseas. And a couple of buddies of mine, you know, Mark was giving me a hard time because one night I was like, dude, I just want to go get something at McDonald's. And if you've been traveling around China and you don't speak Mandarin, and you're, we, were in a, we were in a very um, non-commercial neighborhood, but in a very residential neighborhood, and it was just a very interesting experience. And that's why sometimes when I travel overseas, going to American fast food is easy because you, you, can, you, you are pretty much assured of its quality. But when you go over there and you see the proliferation of fast food, you see McDonald's, you see KFC, you see Taco Bell, Pizza Hut. Those things are all over the place in Asia. 
Well, Asians perceive those to be, you know, they're Western food companies, right? So now that Asians have more disposable income, they're buying Western food companies. They're buying fried chicken. They're buying fast food. They're buying hamburgers. They're buying soda. They're buying smartphones. They're buying um, iPads and tablets and computers. So now you've, you've had the quality of life and you've had income go up all around Asia. But as income has gone up, sedentary lifestyle has gone up too. Sedentary behaviors have gone too. So really, when you look at it, you know, 30 years ago, we exported American jobs. Over the last 30 years, we've been exporting American lifestyle. Now, for the last five or 10 years, I've been exporting American fitness. And that's absolutely what's been happening. You now have all these fitness companies. You have Gold's Gym is expanding extensively internationally. You have Anytime Fitness. You have UFC gyms. All these companies are looking to expand around the world to, to have a foothold. Orange Theory Fitness is expanding rapidly around the world. Now, as these gyms expand, the labor economics means, okay, gyms are opening up. We need trainers to staff these gyms. Well, that's where people like myself and Brian and Mark come in because as these gyms open up around the world, they're bringing in people like us to come in and teach the personal trainers how to be personal trainers because you can teach exercise science in school. You you can teach kinesiology in school. You can teach a lot. You can teach the theory of all this stuff in school. But what really, what really matters to being a personal trainer is understanding how to apply it and design programs. So that's really what's been keeping us very busy is, and I say us, I mean master trainers like myself, is for the past number of years, I'd say probably about the last five years, is there have been a lot more events internationally. There have been a lot more clubs opening up internationally. You now have distributors. You know, TerraCore, one of the sponsors of the show, I, I do some consulting work with them on the education side. Every time TerraCore gets a new distributor, I go overseas. That's one of the things I was doing in Shanghai. I spent an extra day in Shanghai to work with the distributor of the TerraCore and a couple of their other products. Mark was working with the same distributor on their trigger point line. They also carry trigger point and active motion bars. So we were kind of collaborating with them, working with them, helping them develop the education to promote their products. And that really is, it's kind of like, that's where we are internationally, right? Is you have, you now have this big bulk of, as people have more disposal income, they now understand that they can can afford to pay for better things like, like fitness. And what was interesting is like you go to a city center and okay, you might see a health club or two, but on the last day of the trip in China, we stayed in a, a you know, residential neighborhood, maybe 20 kilometers outside of downtown, outside of Pudong in downtown Shanghai. And just walking around that neighborhood, I counted uh, three gyms and a training studio. And I think in about a three kilometer, you know, we did a walk the other evening, uh, one evening just going to get dinner. And I counted two, two or three full-size commercial gyms and one training studio just in a uh, little three kilometer walk in downtown Shanghai, which is not too different than most major commercial markets in D.C., or not D.C., but in the States. You walk around certain neighborhoods in major cities, whether it's D.C., New York, L.A., and you're going to see two, three, four gyms uh, within a couple blocks, and you're starting to see that in Asia. So that's really been, that's been the fascinating thing, is to see now that fitness is really an international business. Fitness is really, and it's being driven in part by, people understand, that exercise can promote health. It's also being driven in part by expats, as more Americans live overseas. You know, they want access to the same quality health clubs. As more Australians live in Asia, and vice versa, as more Asians move around. So what you're really seeing is, is really this whole international marketplace of fitness, and it's really changed. Now, the next thing of what master trainers do, so 
In the fitness industry, master trainer can mean one of two things. In a health club, a master trainer means that it's a personal trainer with more experience. For example, somebody that has a couple certifications and a degree and has been personal training for a few years might be called a master trainer in their health club, meaning they make a little bit more money because they have more experience. That's one version of master trainer. It's just a personal trainer with more experience working in a health club. The other version of master trainer is what Mark, myself, and a lot of the guests on the show are. In the fitness industry, master trainer means a a trainer who educates other personal trainers or other fitness professionals. So as we mentioned, Mark is a master trainer for a couple different brands. I work with a couple different brands, meaning I'm I'm hired to do education programs or either write or teach education programs for a couple brands. But that's what master trainers do is we travel around. Primarily, we travel around domestically in the States. You know, on any given weekend, you know, whatever, pick any weekend coming up with, with the exception of a big holiday weekend. But any given weekend in the United States, there are dozens, if not hundreds of workshops going on. You have yoga workshops, Pilates workshops, CrossFit workshops, bar workshops, indoor cycling workshops. Any given weekend in the U.S., there are dozens, if not hundreds of workshops going on for personal trainers being taught by master trainers. So a master trainer in the industry like Mark, like myself, is just an elevated form of personal trainer, but we get to travel around and we get to share our knowledge with other trainers and other fitness professionals. So I just wanted to give you a little peek behind the curtain on that. As I mentioned earlier at the outset, uh, this episode of All About Fitness was kind of a mashup, kind of like a little a little interview from the field. I wanted to kind of let you know kind of what what it sounds like to, to be, didn't, you know, it sounded not too exciting, but I want to know what it sounds like from the field uh, in Shanghai, China. And I want to share with you kind of how fitness is growing internationally because this is really exciting. I mean, I, you know, in the early 90s, I studied international relations. My undergraduate degree is actually government and economics. So for me, this is actually just as interesting, if not more interesting than the actual exercise of it, just to see how the economics of how it's moving. Because here's the thing, right? Anytime we go and teach a workshop, Anytime I, I go and teach you know, at a conference or anything, the way I look at it is, and I'm 100% serious about this, the way I look at it is I'm giving people job skills. You know, We know that, that there are various skills that be outsourced. Like we know we're getting ready to go through a whole revolution with artificial intelligence. Once you know, cars become self-driving, it's going to change. I mean, we're getting ready to have a huge disruption in, the labor, you know, in our labor economics you know, once more artificial intelligence comes online. But machines, as smart as they are, won't be able to get you in shape. You will always need a personal trainer. You will always need a good fitness instructor to help make you sweat and to help make you sweat safely. So what I've been telling people, I've been teaching workshops for 15 years. What I've been telling people, this is 100% true, is if you learn how to do fitness, if you're a fitness instructor, if you're a personal trainer, if you learn the skills of how to design exercise programs, you have a job that cannot be outsourced. You can't. You have a job. If you are a good personal trainer, if you know what you're doing, think about it, right? Even the economy goes down, you have a job. People still need your skill set. So when I teach these workshops, I look at what I'm doing is I'm empowering people. I'm giving people the education for a career. I'm giving people the education to help them earn a living. That's how I got started. You know, that's why I do this, what I do. I love that, that buzz, whether I'm in Chicago, whether I'm in Shanghai, whether I'm in Boston, whether I'm in Beijing, I I don't care where I am. One of the things I love is sharing the information about fitness to help give people the opportunity to have a better life from being a personal trainer. 
And that's what I'm trying to do with, with the podcast. I'm trying to share this information with you, the listener, so you can learn how to apply it. Today's information wasn't really that exercise related. It was more about the economics of the industry, but it all comes around, right? Because the more successful the industry, the more people that we can attract, either as trainers or as investors to open up new facilities, the better industry we have for you, the end consumer. Thanks for stopping by. I look forward to having you join me for future episodes of All About Fitness.